www.ghostsandmysteries.fm. You can check it out in the podcast archive for 1-1-1-2019. We are all one, and I am just getting started here. Common Thread Collective is coming up next here at Mutiny Radio. We'll be uh, hanging out with our friends. You're welcome to join us for a community open mic from 3 until about 5.30. And uh, I hope you do join us. Um, It's going to be a good time. So thanks again for tuning in, and uh, remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like, hey, why don't we just get together and make sure that 100,000 people can come on the streets of San Francisco peacefully and uh, move an agenda of peace and equality forward, hey, you know, inspiration is contagious, so peace and thank you, and stay tuned.
joke workshop there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it Daryl are you serious I can get people to listen to my jokes and they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements no way what is this dang nabbit thing called it's joke workshop joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians, bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryan. 
meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls, trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com That's
You're fearless, I know it. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. That was some music from Pamela Parker. You can check out what she's up to at PamelaParkerRocks.com. But we're here today. Today is Friday, March 1st. It's actually the first day of Women's Herstory Month. So uh, what better way to kick off than have uh, have someone, uh, the women's voice, uh, tell her stories. so my my guest today is Bernice Yee. Am I saying that right, Bernice? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's like a yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Bernice is in town. She is one of the visiting comedians um, who applied to be part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, which is starting today. So we are kicking it off on, on Women's Magazine, really, because women should always come first. Woo. I agree. <laughs> so Bernice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're visiting from Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. The Seattle area? Is that mm-hmm. where you... Yes. Yes. Uh, I live in Seattle now. Uh, I have been living there for 12 years. Yeah. But you're originally from China. I am. So I am made in China. <laughs> made in China. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of talk about how you, you know, kind of escaped and now you're... Uh, what, I want to hear a little bit of your story of, uh, you know, how did you, you decide, I need, to, I need to get out of China and, and go to the... United States. Uh huh. Cause, um, so I say escape is not like I was a criminal. So. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, quotes. It, yeah. Quote unquote escape. It's more of a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was definitely a rebel. Um, I think, um, living in China, like I got into not trouble but in a way that just like everybody is in your face trying to tell you what to what to do um and uh i think once i got exposure um to america i have always seen oh i want to be there i want to go there so a lot of time people ask me why do you come here oh my god you came here by yourself your parents your family are all in america um at the time when I came here, I I just like this is a dream. I did not miss my family. Um, good, my family didn't understand English, so they were never know this. I said that, <laughs> but I think it's in a way that I just want to be at a place to be who I am, to say what I want to say. Um, yeah, that's kind of what drove me to come here. That's really cool. Um, that and it is. It takes a lot of bravery to just say, see ya. Like. <laughs> 
I'm going to go try this and try to make a new life for myself. Like it's, it's really takes a lot. And, um, you're, you, you also write and contribute to this, uh, kind of online magazine group, which we'll talk about a little more later called mm-hmm. the syndrome. And so I read your recent article about, you know, like basically having to be really sneaky with your boyfriends, even in, even in college, right? Yeah. Even in college. <laughs> so, so has the, uh, being, uh, deceptive, uh, how, how's that helped in your comedy? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to kind of set a context of the deceptive or what s- sneaking means. So even in college, like it's okay that you have a boyfriend, but you don't really let people see any public display affection, right? So like kissing, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, you don't. Like, and then kind of is an unspoken rule that you don't have sex for some reason. I don't know. Nobody says you cannot, but then like if you do, it's a big gossip. Uh, like topic and so um and we don't have any privacy so in the dorm room okay so in our studio right now it's bigger than a dorm room where six of us lived oh my gosh <laughs> we live in bunk beds and we're like a whole bunch of adults right um and then like so that's the small space and if and then they lock the dorm room every night at 9 p.m. and they shut the lights off. That's like prison. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Because you're shut in and you're shut out. Yeah. Right? And so it was the most prestige like, university in, in China. It's not like a like, kind of like a prison university. It's actually one of the best uh, universities. Um, so at that time, if you don't go back by 9 p.m., where are you? Mm-hmm. And gossip starts and just a lot of social pressure. Um, so the sneaky has to, you have to find ways uh, you have to plan ahead. You may have to make a hotel reservation, but you cannot make under, like if I make a hotel reservation, it's too um, suspicious. Mm. <laughs> so you have to find an excuse. You have to set expectations with your roommates saying, that, oh, my parents are in town. Or like, you have to work hard. If I kind of, like, oh, I have to work at the lab all night. I couldn't come back, but you must have a deadline that you set, let everybody know already. You can't just all of a sudden have a deadline. Oh, yeah. So- <laughs> It takes a lot of planning to... To plan a lie, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so is that like comedy? It takes Um, a (laughs) In a way, I think it's more about when I create a situation. Mm. Um, Like maybe there's exaggeration, maybe it's fictional, but I have to make it believable. Mm -hmm. I have to kind of like, okay, this actually fits into my personality, fits into my, um, you know, like something I would do. It's not out of character. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Subtle and smart. (laughs) Yeah. But then like, you know, like it's not true. So, um, and you want to make people wonder, yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so when, how did you decide that you wanted to be a comedian and do stand up like how, and and also like how did you develop your sense of humor like have you always like just had the sense of humor and been funny or what what how did that kind of develop for you funny that you asked that because um i invited one girlfriend that i have been friends with like 10 years and then like she came to my show and she said oh my god bernice you know 5 years ago you told me I'm very serious person. I am not funny. <laughs> um, I so in a way, it's like it's not. I never, th- I I never thought about become a comedian. Yeah. Um, but I watched so much like Netflix. Well, actually, back off a little bit. I started watching Netflix specials when I wash my face at nighttime. Um, but it takes so long to wash my face that I watch so many Netflix comedy specials, and then I realized. 
that's how I think too. Because I realize comedians they have they have a different perspective. They have a different point of view. And for me, I'm an outsider. You know, whether when I was in China or when I in here, I always feel like I have a different perspective because of my experience. So I know in the shower, I'm always thinking about all these funny, wacky thoughts <laughs> from my experience.、Um, but I just didn't think about. I can be one because English is not my first language.、Um, to even be funny in the second language, I just felt like that's so hard.、Um, but not until I saw Ellie Wong's first Baby Cobra special, can all of a sudden say, "Oh my God, the the things she thinks is funny." That's things I think about, and then all of a sudden you do see somebody's more like you. You know, it's not a bunch of like, you know white guys talking about dick jokes, <laughs> right? Because there's a lot of that, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> So to me, it's all of a sudden. I want to be like that. I actually want. I have a voice. I want to be heard. Um, so um, I just last year made a New Year's resolution that you know what? I'm just do, going to、um, do one open mic by the end of the year. Um, and then I signed up for a comedy class,、uh, did a graduation show. I love it, and keep on doing open mic. And people ask me to be on their shows, and wow, people want to hear about my story and my my jokes and my sense of humor. Yeah. So you've only done comedy, like actively done comedy, for about a year now. Yeah. Right on, <laughs> and here you are in San Francisco. You applied to be part of the comedy festival. Pam Benjamin, you know, is like, "Fuck yeah, let's have Bernice A. She's、oh、great." <laughs>、um, so that that's like another like amazing success story, right? Thank you. Yeah, and I think about it just incredible. I'm so grateful、uh, for the opportunity, and also in a way that also I keep telling myself.、Um, 15 years ago when I came, I don't, I didn't speak English. I didn't. I didn't know how to order a sandwich from Subway. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing too. Like, so, I I I teach English as a second language. That's that's my day job. You know, <laughs> here at Mutiny Radio, you know, this is this is my 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 fun, my passion. You know, to talk to people and be inspired and and hear people's voices and stories. But you know, so I teach English, so I know how hard it is. I mean, English itself is a really hard language, and、mm -hmm. there's so many little things, little nuances, and expressions. So, how did you learn English? <laughs>、um, so, I guess there's.、Um, it's funny because、um, when I came. I, we learned little English,、um, like in school, in high school, and what they taught us is British English. But of course, it's taught by a Chinese teacher. So basically, is. British pronunciation with Chinese accent. <laughs> What does that sound like? <laughs> um, looking forward to meet you. I, I cannot really do it quite right, but you know, like you, you've evolved past that. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like I would say tomato or how do you do、um, some basic phrases.、Um, and then the funny thing is in the so oh. When I first came here, I went to Purdue for、um, graduate school to study computer science. Okay.、Um, so in the school, there are inter other international students. I remember I went to this like international student like dance party, and there's this English guy, 
right? And you know, when I say tomato, and it's like, oh my god, where did you come from? And <laughs> so I think you know, I kind of I instantly clicked, and I you know I um so we actually started dating. Uh, so I think having somebody who speak English um, that clicked with you, and then like we speak more English, that definitely helped. Um, but also the funny thing is because I had a roommate, she was Chinese. We were from the same hometown, oh, but wow. because our um, you know, like our schedules are different. Um, so she always complained to the other Chinese um, students about I disturb her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so my boyfriend at that time did not like that, right? So one time um, I, we have the English as a second language t- training for teaching assistant. So we we're teaching assistant. Oh right! Yeah, so you're a, you're in you're in a graduate pr- program. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. So then okay. one of the assignment is like, um, you know, come up with a phrase a phrase that sounds. Dif- like the meaning is different than the um, original, how the words read. Mm-hmm. And then so she asked me and my boyfriend, um, they, and then the, the boyfriend gives a um, blowjob. <laughs> it's so mean, but she didn't know. I didn't know. So I actually didn't know. And then so she went to the class and she gave the phrase blowjob. And then <laughs> everybody just had the face pump and she was so embarrassed and she was pissed, right? So that started the war with me and the rest of the Chinese students. Oh, no. They disowned me. Oh, no. They blamed you. <laughs> they blamed me. So, so I kind of, I was being isolated from the rest of the Chinese student Mm -hmm. but in a way that kind of pushed me all right I'm going to make friends with international students with my American friends they they were really really nice to me um so that's kind of but in the meantime like as I ask questions I'm just like um you know at this point I came here I'm just going to be shameless and ask questions um so I asked anything that I don't understand and my friends got a little impatient oh urban dictionary but it's incredible. Urban Dictionary is like the, I don't know, that's kind of where I learned most of my English. <laughs> um. That's awesome. You know, it's funny because, you know, like like students that I have now, they're yeah. like, I really want to improve my English. And like other teachers will say, you know, date somebody, you know, <laughs> like, go meet up with people. I always tell them that they should, um, <laughs> I always tell them a couple things. I'm like, you should go to a place where people are speaking English and just pretend like you're doing something else and just listen to their conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I tell them, I was like, go and ask somebody a question that you already know the answer to, because then if you, you just practice asking the question and the answer is not important. Oh, because then you can hear like somebody tell you like, oh, go down that way and, you know, go straight ahead or go down this street, you know, like a little directions things like everybody has a map now. Everybody's using Google Maps or mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, I'm like, just go ask a question. But you already know the answer. That's so smart. I wish I knew that tip back then <laughs> <laughs> because I would be in conversation with my friend. And um, um, sometimes I just really got lost. And it's a uh, it's hard. I just I want to go home. But I just like, OK, stay with it. And a lot of time I. I actually really did not know what they were talking about, but even picking up something like I, it's helpful. Um, it took a long time. <laughs> so, uh, so you did you finish Purdue or did you change schools? How did you decide to to stay, and how did you end up in Seattle? Mm, um, I was in the PhD program, so oh, wow. um, I did not finish that. So I was a I am a PhD dropout, but I um, I. Once I remember, so in the middle, um, you can get a master's degree in between, and uh, 
I was applying for internship for the summer for Microsoft, and at the interview. My interviewer actually said, "You know, you should also check that box for full time because it's the interview is actually easier." The reason his rationale was,、um, you know, for intern you only have three months, so we want to make sure the interview you can you can really deliver, and then、um, for three months period of time. But full time we're looking more for potential.、Mm. Um, so I checked that box.、Um, they flew me to you know Seattle. I had they actually even did like an interview boot camp to teach you how to do interview. But the position I applied for was the program management,、um, and then they definitely want your English to be better.、Um, So I actually ended up didn't get that job, but from my background, they referred me to a different group, which is Xbox, and they actually flew me back again. Wow!、Uh, yeah, yeah, and then I um and I got that job. So um then I got to face the decision, and it's a full time position,、wow. right? So do I just quit at this point and go to Seattle, or do I continue to do PhD? Um and then the time I just feel like I I want to get out of Indiana. Um I I can <laughs> Microsoft seems to be a, a good Place to start my work, and so I,、um, yeah, I quit PhD. I got my master's degree, and I moved to Seattle. Wow! So Indiana and Seattle. So those are the two places that you've actually lived in the U.S. Or, yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So、um, I, I'm. Do you prefer Seattle? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. I've actually never been to Seattle, but I imagine it to be a pretty cool place. I've definitely never been to Indiana. I'm from California, so like when we think about other states, we're like they're over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, seriously, even though I like you know kind of educated and stuff, but、uh, it's always like Indiana. It's a, I, I think I could find it on a map, maybe.、Um, sorry, Indiana. <laughs>、uh, <laughs> but you've been to San Francisco before. This is not your first rodeo in San Francisco.、Oh, no, a lot. I've been here. A lot. San Francisco is one of my favorite cities,、um, and、uh, I love it so much that、I、almost, almost moved here. But、uh, well, actually, s- just to say how serious I was, I got a job. That's why my cell phone is a six five zero Samuel Erico. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>、um, you know, I actually moved out of my、um, my place. I got. All packed up, ready. I got a job offer. They gave me a relocation fee, and、uh, so I started looking for apartment. But it was so hard to look for a place in San Francisco. Before I find a place, the company went bankrupt. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I. <laughs> Great timing, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, and also because the job I was doing、um, that required me to travel a lot, so I wasn't able to just like spend two weeks in San Francisco look for apartment. I was never really here,、mm-hmm. and I learned the hard way that if you go to Craigslist, you say, "Hey, I'm interested in your apartment," nobody replies. Right? They don't、mm. give a. <laughs> Can I swear on the? Yeah,、okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think they do this open house thing with like twenty people lined up with applications, and I wasn't able to do that, so、um, it, I just never found apartment.、Um, and then there's other reasons, like、um, for a Chinese uh, citizen. Um, If you want to go to any other country, you need a tourist visa. And、uh, if I live in Seattle, we don't have consulate, so、um, the nearest place is San Francisco. So I come to San Francisco a lot of times is because I need to apply for tourist visa. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, and、um, also I dance Argentine tango, and um, um, this is、uh, San Francisco is one of the city like the best place to dance Argentine tango. There's a lot of great dancers here, and there are a lot of more leaders、um, in any other city in the U.S. 
I, I hope this is almost right. Um, there are way more followers than leaders, and San Francisco is the only place I have more leaders. Wow. So where, where do you do Argentine tango here? Like um, some of your favorite spots. I haven't been back here uh, for a while, but I know we went, I went to um, Berkeley. They have this all-nighter thing. You dance all night until 6 a.m. Um, we do San Francisco Tango Marathon um, in November. Oh, Every wow. November, there's a Tango Marathon. It's like dance until you drop. Uh, <laughs> um, I think he's actually might be close to the mission. It might not be far, um, but my area is a little bit like um, like my memory is a little bit uh, rough right now. So. That's okay, because he just came back into town last night. Mm -hmm. I actually, I think I know someone who does the, goes to the Berkeley Tango. Oh. Um, she's like a substitute teacher at our school, but she's probably in her 70s, but she has more energy than like anybody else that I work with. We're always like, what's your secret? And she's like, I go dancing three nights a week. Yeah. <laughs> But you're actually, we're here at Mutiny Radio, we're here in the Mission District of San Francisco, and so you're going to be performing tonight as part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival at the mm -hmm. all-ladies show tonight at 10 p.m. So excited. But then you're going to be like a guest DJ here on Monday at noon doing some Argentine tango, right? Yes. Um, so I have um, three lovely ladies who also love dancing Argentine tango. They're here in San Francisco, so they're going to be my special guests. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about what is real. Argentine tango debunk some very um, popular uh, misconceptions about Argentine tango. We're going to share some of our personal stories about uh, some of our struggles and, and funny and embarrassing moments. Um, and then, you know, for example, there's something specific about San Francisco. In the tango community, we call it Man Francisco. Man Francisco? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of related to like why there are so many leaders. Um, you know, of course, we now that women can lead the Choir tango is very popular, so it's all all gender, all inclusive. But there's just a lot of more men in general in this area, and then we also call it Babe Area. So instead of <laughs> Bay Area, because <laughs> like you know, like all the all the. Um, Dancers here, like we're all babes, you know. We, cause there's so many guys lined up want to dance with. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Every, everyone's dance card is full, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so let's take a little musical break, mm -hmm. and then when we come back, I want to talk to you about um, your experiences in this past year doing comedy, being a female comedian, and then some of your work with the, the syndrome, mm -hmm. which sounds really cool. So everyone, you're listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. This is a special part of the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival that's happening March 1st. That's today through March 5th. So there's 50 comics, 26 shows, five days. Shows are 10 bucks a piece. To go on our, our website, mutinyradio.fm, you can find the, co the uh, festival page and see all the different amazing uh, topics of the different shows, different themes um, that you can get in on and have a good time with. So I'm going to play a little music from this uh, a local artist. Her name's Renee Asteria, and this is called illegal illegal immigration 
right. You are listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. We are streaming live around the planet from the Mission District of San Francisco, right here in the corner of 21st and Florida. We are kicking off the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival running today, March 1st through March 5th, um, with Bernicier, who is in town visiting from the Seattle, Washington area, um, and is going to be part of tonight's uh, big showcase at 10 p.m., the All Ladies Comedy uh, uh, lineup, um, and also a couple different shows uh, throughout the festival, which we can talk about. You know, we'll run through them towards the end and make sure people know when they could come in and, and catch you live. Uh, in the act. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to talk to you. This is Women's Magazine. So we want to talk about what it's like being a female comedian. Um, Wow. Yeah. Um, It's uh, definitely very, very intimidating um, because I remember when I first showed up to my very first open mic um, before um, the venue opened, people line up and people show up and it's like everybody, I mean, in in Seattle, we're already very white, so everyone is a white dude. <laughs> and then, so I feel like this is even worse than my, you know, computer science um, graduate school. You know, ten years ago, you know, it, I was maybe one of the girls of the forty students, but at least I know computer science. But you know, for comedy, I am new. Nobody knows me, um, and then you know, like, but everybody else know each other. So I feel definitely just being judged immediately, and then nobody. Nobody came to really say hi and introduce myself. And then when I reach out to say hi, it's just this very awkward interaction. You just feel like, okay, I should go now. <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking that they, 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 they may just be naturally awkward a little bit. And they're probably like, who's that pretty lady? You know, like, I don't know how to talk to her. Is she, she going to be funnier than me? Oh, my God. My ego. Um, so, but you did it. You jumped up and, and did comedy stand up for the first time. And, um, um, you actually sent me, I think you sent me the video of that and you were funny. Like people <laughs> responded. You were like successful in your first go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It definitely takes a lot of work the, the video you saw is that's, um, you know, um, November. So that's probably nine months into the time. I've definitely had a time when, when I had to open my, just like, Oh, I just want to find a place to hide. Um, so it, it takes a lot of work. And I also have to say in my very first few open mic, I remember one time I go to this place called, um, comedy underground. I showed up, I have no idea how that mic works. And there's a bunch of dudes line up but one lady um her name is uh, chelsea toll if she ever listened to this that's when we first met and she's like oh i just moved here ladies got to watch out for each other and she said take this she gave me two dollars because the at the club if you dropping two dollars a donation you have a higher chance to get on the list oh wow so okay. like it, it, that's so helpful to have somebody to give a newbie a tip to like and it's like somebody should tell no we, we got each other and i feel like that really meant a lot to me um, and the same day, the open mic, I went up. Actually, I guess I was actually funny that day, even though that's my like first open mic. And then another lady, uh, her name is Aisha, and she reached out to me and said, hey, you're funny. You should come out to this open mic I am producing. Uh, it's called Comedy Nest. Um, it is a female-focused uh, uh, comedy open mic. You should come. So, you know, like I feel like there's 
people really helped me and embrace and gave me that courage to uh, keep going, even though I was very intimidated. That's excellent. And that's up in Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. How, how cool. So you're also working uh, now. Now you've kind of even like taking this further um, with this group that you're working with called the syndrome. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the syndrome. How did you f- connect with them and what are some of the different things that, that this group does? Sure. I mean, guess how they found me. Ah, they found you. At the open mic. Ah, <laughs> they were scouting. <laughs> so um, I, actually, our uh, one of our editor, um, um, Betsy Hunt, and she uh, went to, she also took a comedy class from one of the comedy um, club that's doing open mic. So I was there at open mic. They sh- they were in the audience. I did not know. Um, I come back down and she just sneaked a, a card and said, hey, I work at this magazine. Talk to me. She disappeared. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I emailed her back and I follow up and then they were like, oh, we really like your stuff. Um, what if, you know, get on a call, we see if you want to be a writer on our central magazine. Uh, that's how we get connected to each other and then when they told me the story of the central magazine I was like wow this is amazing because the the magazine wasn't started in the US they actually started in Italy oh wow okay yeah yeah and then like when they started the, the vision is just like you know we want to talk about women talk about gender equality t- talk about women's rights um, f- through humor yeah, because that's probably the best way to get people to 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 recon, you know, reconcile and understand a different perspective. And then the magazine took off in Europe. Like actually, um, they they encountered the success that more than they anticipated. Wow! And yeah. when when was that? Uh, um. Like. How long have they been around? Do you know? They have been. I have to look because, like, I feel I cannot. Um, That's okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm asking bad questions right now. No, no, but. no worries. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know it has been around a few years. And our founder in the Seattle chapter, uh, Sylvia, and she um, was born and raised in Italy. She moved to Seattle area, and she wants to bring that to to Seattle so that's how we um, started the US chapter yeah awesome yeah so if you guys are out there listening the syndrome mag.com or you can find them on Facebook too and Instagram I'm sure so all, all over the place this multimedia social media world um, but that's really cool because I feel like when you have the the topic of whether you want to call it feminism or just to like you know, address, um, gender inequality. Um, it can be a really hard subject for people to talk about because they can, they can be very serious. Mm-hmm. It can be very emotional. It can kind of turn people off. You know, they're like, Oh, you know, whatever people can, compl- you know, women complaining again, yeah. you know, but like to do it in a humoristic, like a, like in a funny way, like kind of like cuts through some of that, like, Oh, we don't have to be so serious to really address some real things that are going on. Yeah, because you don't want to turn a topic into tabooed, right? Like, I think how many times we we have to take that sexual harassment training video at work, you are obligated to watch it, but then, like, in the end, you're just like, okay, I'd better not talk about this now. But on the contrary, um, I'm going to quote uh, Sarah Silverman, because she, uh, she said, if it's mentionable, it is manageable. Mm. I think I found that just so inspiring. It's like, yeah, if you want to manage, you got to talk about it. Like, you ending issues the worst is just hold it like inside and you don't talk about it and I think the humor opens that like that channel opens the conversation uh, instead of just shutting down oh, let's just be serious let's just hide to walk away from the topic 
Yeah. So the, so the syndrome mag, which is an online magazine, right. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it's also a group that's, it's, it's a nonprofit and you're basically part of a a group of consultants, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like, like people who, who are affiliated with the syndrome will actually go into workplaces and do like comedic skits to like point the stuff out. This Have you is, been yeah. a part of that? Yeah, a little bit. Like, so um, this is a new initiative we started. Um, so we want to work with, because there are so many tech companies in Seattle. I'm sure there's way more in San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, so the, the idea is instead of just like watching those videos and so we actually collaborate with the company to see you know to learn a little bit about their culture what people's you know minds is and then we write comedy sketch scenario sketch and then we hire um, professional actor actress to act it out and so in the audience you're like watching so, oh yeah that happens and but you are able to see how this whole thing played out um i persist I participated in some of the comedy sketch writing scenario because some of them were just like, you know, I was like, I lived through that, right? Like I'm one of the women in tech. Um, So, you know, even for example, going to a conference, you just got hundreds of men, you got like three women there. Like eating lunch, you got the guys sitting on that side and then you feel like, even for the woman, it's awkward. The three people, you just feel like we're obligated to say hi to each other. And you go to the bathroom, like, there's just two of you. <laughs> and I say a line of men, you know? So there are some scenarios that everybody, they understand. But they, like, I think in the more zoomed in story, you see the internal state and you see how awkward for that person is. Mm. And, um, you know, we also, for example, at, in a meeting, right? Like, you know, how women being cut off or then all of a sudden we have the woman to wear a different mask of like with a mustache and then like same voice to say it just you hear it very very differently um (laughs) that I love that I think that's such a great way to to point stuff out Mm -hmm. like you said those dry like you must watch the sexual harassment video and of course they make things in those like really obvious right (laughs) Uh, usually but the subtle things are what it's like I think it's coming out more and more about the subtleties and and the things that people aren't even like you know paying attention to or aware of they think you know they they don't even think about it right mm-hmm. um it, it's funny when you talk about the the men's room and the ladies room so my my uh, my little funny story about that is many years ago now I was working for a catering company so I mm-hmm. was I was bartending at an event here in San Francisco and it was apples um like annual uh, employee appreciation party, right? So it's this big, like kind of outdoor park mm-hmm. down downtown. And, um, <laughs> I mean, it was like thousands of men, <laughs> thousands and thousands of men and all of the drinks were free, mm. right? It was just like, it was employee appreciation. So we were literally standing there. We had this huge bar with eight bartenders and these guys would stand like, like 10 feet away and like, look at us and, oh. and so awkwardly. And we're like, come on, like, come on. It's okay. Yeah. Like, come get a beer, you know? And, and it was, it was kind of a lame party anyway, because like they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't like let us put a tip jar out. Like they didn't want them to like think that they had to, like any more pressure. I'm like, okay, I get why they didn't want to pressure them anymore. Cause it was very socially awkward I saw three women that night out of like probably like 3000 men. Mm. And one of them was definitely somebody's girlfriend, you know? (laughs) So I actually made a friend that night. There was another person who was bartending that night and we left at the same time. And, uh, 
we went to the to the bathrooms and we saw this big line of men. Yes. And so we heckled them in line. We're like, now you know what it's like. (laughs) You get the treatment now. And then we got to the women's room and there was a security guard there saying, I'm sorry, you can't go in. We're like, What? what do you mean? And they're like, well, we had to let some men into the to the women's room we're like oh no 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 we're going in yeah like that doesn't happen the other way around that's right they don't open the men's room for the ladies who are waiting there so it was i know what you're talking about (laughs) you go girl (laughs) yes it's one time no you're not taking that away from us right (laughs) that's right i don't care if there's men in there we're going to the bathroom ladies room you know and of course that was before they even like the whole like you know all gender bathroom conversation was, was even in play but uh it was just, yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, so seeing that played <laughs> out, right, and remind them, like, let's look at this moment all together, and then they can talk about it afterwards. I think, actually, you know, it's a different approach. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're writing sketches for them. Sometimes you're participating in the sketches, uh, but you're writing for the, the magazine part. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to talk a little bit about some of the topics that you've written about? Sure. Yeah. So I think uh, in, um, I started, what is my first about chopsticks? <laughs> oh, I guess maybe uh, I think it's just me being, uh, I feel like outsider sometimes. I'm not necessarily kind of have a sense of belonging, just, just my experience are different. Um, so I kind of want to bring in, explain stereotype and challenge how you look at the stereotypes, right? So I think there are things like I don't fit into the stereotype and there are things like people expect out of me. Um, I don't do that. But there's also, I think the stereotypes are there for a reason. I want people to look at something that's not so foreign because, hey, I came to this country. I don't know anything. Of course, I'm going to look very clueless. But if you go to China, you would be, right? <laughs> so I kind of want you to kind of break that, you know, share a different perspective. Um, the first bit I talk about is how I don't really know how to hold my chopsticks. <laughs> As a Chinese, you're kind of expected to know. Um, and uh, the thing is, um, I kind of, I hold my chopsticks, I can use it, but I hold it like a pencil. Like, I don't know how to do the chopstick wrapper instruction thing. Like, most of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the Americans are masters of it, but I'm, But then it's not just me. Most of the, the natural, like, uh, native-born Chinese people hold the same way. So there's, like, you know, times, like, I go to a restaurant with, like, 10 other Chinese people, and with my white boyfriend. He's the only one. He's teaching everybody how to use chopsticks. <laughs> it's hilarious, you know? But then, like... I I would just got me think why why is that right and then I realized we have to learn how to use traps and we were so young our hands are so little I can't figure out there's no way I can use it the, the, the official way and so we all were forced to figure out one way or another mm-hmm. um, and then um, you know but then like our parents are different they they just use their hands when they're a little. So they learn as adult as well. Because like China was so poor, you're just fighting, you're just grabbing food. <laughs> so those are the things, you know, it, I think that's my kind of my first piece, um, not to give everything. Right. Um, and then the second one is actually personal, uh, it matters a lot to me, is about like uh, uh, Asian eyes, small Asian eyes. And then I think um, if you were born and raised in Asia, like you know, this Asians are obsessed with this double 
double eyelid. You're nodding. Yeah, no, I know. I had to learn when I started teaching English. They're like, do you have one single eyelid or double eyelid? And I had to be like, what? Like, <laughs> just even the term, you know. But I know what you mean. It's like having the, like, crease on your eye. Right, right? The- yeah. Yeah, so we're very obsessed with that. And then so um, plastic surgery to do that is very, very popular. And then to a point, it's really like um, your parents were like, oh, you, if you want to find a job, you need that. You mm. need that. So girls were almost expected, like, when you're done with high school, that's when you get it. Uh- <laughs> well, there's a lot of that in Southern California, too, like, like given, like, oh, congratulations, you graduated from high school. You get your you get your boob job. You get your nose job. And you're like, you're eight. This is an 18-year-old girl. Like, yeah. Why are you, like, totally transforming your body in some way that's, like, permanent? Yeah. Know? Yeah. And also, like, growing up, my entire family always like, oh, you're so smart, but your eyes are so small. <laughs> so, you know, they were nice. just <laughs> shaming, like, yeah. the small eye from the very early on. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I was just, like, always freaked out about that. I was also kind of very self-conscious about my eyes. So I figured, oh, what if I wear glasses? Because my mom was, oh, your eyes will might look a little better with glasses. So I came up with this idea. I said, oh, you know, I need to wear glasses. I'm going to pretend, or I am a good student, but I'm a good student. And I'm, of course, I'm nearsighted, right? So I told my... <laughs> the classic nerd kind of look, right? Right. Like... So I told my mom, I can't see, I cannot read the, the, the chalkboard. Like, you you have to take me to see a doctor. And then so at the, at the prescription, they do this, like, computerized the prescription test and my eyes were fine oh. and I said no 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 so like when they do the menu test I just pretend I can't see anything <laughs> I just add on add on I got wow. the thickest prescription oh ever God. I got like a 400 right like is it next to 400 or 4.0 yeah 4.0 yeah, yeah 4.0 so like as a little kid I have perfect vision I was wearing this like glasses every day oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that that keenly applied deception right to, yeah. to make things work right yeah it's just <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> so what what does your family think of this like do they know how much like do they know about your comedy your budding comedy career like what do you tell them about your life now <laughs> it's hard because there's no stand-up comedy in china um it's a because you know think about the topic and things we really talk about mm. like you don't you you don't talk about stand-up comedy um i think there's comedy sketches and in, in china so usually you have two characters they talk about the kind of funny scenarios but never it's about issues racy edgy opinions that i think it's not about to evoke Mm -hmm. thoughts it's never about that um but my mom um i think she she's proud like my parents are proud of me for doing this um they don't really know exactly because i want to share a video with my parents i can't even share that because um if sending google uh, video like google photo youtube is all blocked in china yeah yeah they yeah. cannot see it yeah um <laughs> it's very difficult like you know for stand-up comedy they don't understand english so i kind of send um little clips through wechat that's very popular for ch- their own messenger interesting so they can get a sense of what looks like if there's a crowd sharing nothing they're oh, okay they like her <laughs> that's nice yeah I'm but they cannot understand r- yeah right right well that sometimes that's okay right it's better <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um wow so you're really you're really breaking down a lot of barriers um i'm just i'm so glad that you're here and that we get to be you know here on the show today on women's magazine um 
do you have any, uh, advice for women out there, girls, whatever, uh, who want to do stand up comedy? Um, I, I will say like, I think, um, now like believe, believe in yourself. Um, I, cause a lot of times people told me like, um, Oh yeah, no, you gotta pay your dues, and you have at least you gotta suck for the first five, ten years, and don't even ask to be this opportunity. But I think you know, just be bold, and, and you never know. Don't let what pre-exists to stop you. What you think you can do, um, because if I were to do that, I would not even apply for a mutiny radio festival. But who is to say so? I cannot be on it. I have to first make the move. And then let them decide. So um, that's definitely something I will say. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bernice, Ye, you're totally inspiring and <laughs> such like great energy. And you're really funny. And I know that people are going to come out to Mutiny Radio um, for your show tonight at 10, which mm-hmm. is like the... That is that's that's like Pam. That's the uh, all ladies. That's the all ladies show. That's kind of like the, 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 the headliner for the night, right? Woo! <laughs> Pam, why don't you come in here for a second? This is Pam Benjamin. She's our station director, and she's been working her ass off um, to put together the uh, festival, the f- comedy festival, for four years now. Yeah. Pam, thanks for hey, thanks for hooking us up here. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thank I was you. I wasn't even looking really for like for the years past. I really was trying to focus on having uh, multiple genders and and multiple people represented uh, from all genders and specifically women and then all and trying to be specifically multicultural. But I was telling Bernice this year, I just pick the funniest people and it just happens to be incredibly diverse and multicultural and that we have almost as equal amount of men and women both involved in the festival and I wasn't even trying I was just like you just pick the funny people yeah and the word so, got out <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, I'm stoked that um, people are willing to travel from all over the U.S. to come be here at Mutiny Radio, and that's really exciting to me. So, yay! Awesome. Well, such I'm, an honor. <laughs> yeah. oh, please. This is so cool, um, and it's really fun to be a part of. So, uh, Bernice, welcome back to San Francisco. Thanks, Pam Benjamin, for for setting this up so that we could have this. Uh, really great conversation and uh, give everyone a little bit uh, a little insight into into Bernice's uh, sense of humor sensibility and her her really inspirational stories so um, I'm going to leave you with this one thing Uh, it's a little (laughs) bit of a teaser so so Bernice gave me this this uh, refrigerator magnet Mm -hmm. and it's a it's 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 a pink bunny and it says sick pets make strong children (laughs) so you'll have to come and listen uh, come hang out at mutiny radio and listen to the live show um tonight uh, the all ladies show we're here at 2781 21st street here in san francisco 94110 if you need to know that as zip code um but we're at the corner of 21st in florida in the mission district come out there's going to be shows um throughout the week there's going to be five full days of um showcases various hilarious themes um each show is 10 bucks. Uh, you can pre-buy your tickets online on the website, mutinyradio.fm. Uh, there's a, there's a specific link you can click and see all the different shows that are happening. Um, Bernice, you're going to be tonight at 10. And then mm-hmm. what are your other, um, shows? Um, I have two shows on Sunday. So, um, 8 PM, um, dysfunctional family and 9 PM, um, um, fur babies are better than real babies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Monday I have two podcasts. So one is on like every day about races, and uh, um, at noon we're going to talk about Argentine tango. Um, Tuesday at 5 p.m. I have uh, one show. I will be in the show uh, comedy show um, dating a comic. Oh, fun. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much, Val. Yeah, we're wrapping up here, Women's Magazine. Um, just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like I'm going to leave uh, communist China and go to the U.S. and become a really funny lady saying funny, important things. Hey, inspiration is contagious. So peace and thank you. And we'll play another song here from Pamela Parker because she does, in fact, rock. This song's called Pedal to the Metal. And I think it's going to play. <laughs> Your, and we're gonna make your cummy fantasy come true. So just give us like I would say two minutes, if that. <laughs> All right, I'm looking here, forward here to go. my fantasies coming to life. Do we have Do we have uh, background music that we can play? Gonna, By the way, we're all kind of high right now. Yeah, oh shit. <laughs> we're, we're all like a little high, so things are like not moving as quickly as they usually are. <laughs> all right. All right, we're going to try this. We're going to attempt this one sec. All right. Give it to me, Fred. Let's just get a round of applause going. Yeah. All right. Didn't that didn't that make you feel like less like sad? No. No. Just a little bit, huh? Bring the. Huh? I don't actually. I know that's my reputation apparently, but you know, um, I'm broke right now, so you know, I don't have any. Okay, starting off real positive. Uh, how you guys doing? How you been? What are you guys doing? It's life just sucking a lot of dick, figuratively. Figuratively? But I don't know what you enjoy, so maybe figuratively that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, to each their own about that, on that, uh, you know in that regard irregardless 
is thus not a word. That isn't a word. Thus the humor in, okay. Um, so here we are, everybody. How you doing, man? I wasn't talking to you. How you doing? Which other night? So a lot of nights. Who yelled at who? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah? Who yelled at who? You yelled at somebody? Okay. I got booked? No. It's an open mic. They got some good ass uh, fried uh, chicken. <laughs> no, they're not. They're like they're um, they're little dumplings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a, he pre he was a preemptive laugh right there. <laughs> no, it was a uh, chicken. The chicken wasn't fried. The it was chicken in a dumpling that was fried, like of something. Anyway, it was fucking good. <clears throat> All right, so what do we got? Uh, seven people and a host in this motherfucker. This is beautiful. Uh, is are there more people gonna show up? You think? How you doing? What's what's up? <laughs> let's get let's turn some of these fucking lights on here. Brighten up the. Brighten up the. Brighten up the scene. What is this over here? That's nothing. Let's, let's pick something out of the. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Let's get it going, huh? Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Okay. What is this? Your inspiration? None of you motherfuckers. We're just gonna fucking Huh? What's what? This? It's the hell hat. Are you fucking with me? Yeah, I know you are. Um What lurks in the darkness? I don't know, uh Corday. What <laughs> I think you, you would, you would know. Yeah. I can't lurk in the darkness. I can't lurk in the darkness, man. I'm too pale. I glow in the darkness. All right. I can't lurk. Can't lurk in the darkness. I lurk in the clouds. Do you have a plan? Nope. Um, is this how you guys entertained by this? I'm going to rip his dick off. This is what this card says. Whose dick are they talking about? Anybody have any guess? Go ahead, throw out some guesses. Whose dick is... She did write this. Pam. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you are you telling me? Are you telling me 
Jim is going to get his dick ripped off in the office. Is that season uh, nine, episode one? Whatever fucking season it's on. All right. Um, I mean, you know, that's that's a good question because everybody loves Jim. My little brother hates Jim. He's like, he's a fucking asshole. You know? He's a dick. Working for some fucking paper comp- company. Always getting added to, looking at the camera. These fucking guys, you know, will fucking quit then, you know? Being a dick about it. Fucking, you know, fucking lighten up, Jim. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Always looking at the camera. Always got an attitude and shit. At least you got a fucking good job. Fuck. Anyway. Is alcohol bad? No. It's not bad. It's great. What you got in that what you got in that uh in that thing over there? What you sipping on? Really? Don't fucking lie to me. I know, I know, I know, the, I know the routine. Don't fucking lie to me. I ain't got that. I thought about, I saw some vodka. I thought about picking it up. Mm. Like, but it was too expensive. It's $4. Like, this is 6 Yeah. There's cheaper vodka. Where were you at that you saw a $12 vodka and there wasn't another option? This. But that one caught my eye. It was nice and pretty. So you only get nice and pretty vodkas? All right. You don't know about, you don't know about New Amsterdam? Okay, well, yeah, if you want some high-end vodka. Well, if you want me to put something in there for you, I got you. Are you in the grown-up club? I did that last night. You guys were all here for that. This is going good. I know. Thus the... Then that was only for you. Was it funny? Damn, who do you look like? Man, you look like fucking Hey Arnold and shit over here. Don't he look like a fucking high-ass Hey Arnold? <laughs> 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 fucking, your, your fucking eyes are in two different fucking zip codes. Anyway. <laughs> you, I, you got some, your eyes are far apart from each other. Just think about that when you look in the mirror later. All right, a little bit of cruelty. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Do you accept my apology? Should we just get on with the show? All right. How many house plants do you have? Anybody want to take this one? Zero. You got two. What, you, what plants you got? Black rose. Black rose. Succulents, huh? Black rose succulents, huh? Very sexual. All right. Do you fuck your plants? Okay. Babies, 
Anybody? Shit. This is great. Who's having a good time? Fucking shit. Well, you guys don't have nothing better to do? <laughs> Damn, dude. Why do you have me host the weakest, fucking the most, the least attended? <laughs> shit. Hey, man, y'all need to fucking get on Facebook and promote Mutiny Radio, man. Because this shit is, you know what I'm saying? This is a beautiful. <laughs> no, it deserves more. Okay? There's, there needs to be more fucking people here. And I'm trying to have a genuine, honest, heartfelt moment here. What's your name again? I'm Corbin. Corbin. I'm trying to have a fucking moment. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, fucking Mutiny Radio... Where would you guys be right now if it weren't for Mutiny Radio? And, you know, that's... But you're here. And this is way better, right? Way better. That sneeze sounded... That fucking... That sneeze sounded sarcastic, sir. Sounded like a sarcastic sneeze. Um... <laughs> he, this man comes in his fucking black rose succulents. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Um, should we get it started? Are you are you running the show over here? No, I mean, who's supervising this? I mean. Yeah, you crossed the line, buddy. <laughs> all right, well, you know, you guys, all right, look, I'm going to fucking bring y'all up. And you guys are going to have to make these fucking fuckers laugh. Can you do that? Yeah. Are you guys going to be able to do that? Yeah. You make these fuckings, make these fucking, so you better get the fuck off your phone, partner. Because, you know what I'm saying, you part of this audience right now. And if you're on your phone while motherfuckers is up here talking... You know, writing jokes and shit. All right. Okay. All right. Well, this is. Let me. T- I'm gonna try. We're gonna. We're gonna make. We're gonna have a good time tonight. Okay. We're gonna have a. Mu- uh, we're gonna have a good fucking time. We're gonna have a good time. Let me tell you. Somebody's not here. Somebody's missing. Somebody. Because it's, it's, it's seven of y'all and it's eight people on the list. Huh? The first guy is not here. That's what I thought. That's a good call, Jonah. Because, of course, naturally, if the guy's not here, you can't bring him up. So, I, you know, that's excellent logic there. Um, so, we're going to go ahead and do that. We're going to bring up the next guy. The first guy, he's the, both the next guy and the first guy, which is the first, the first time I've seen something like that happen. First time I've seen somebody be the next guy and the first guy. You know what I'm saying? 
God, you guys are you guys are a sad bunch. But I am I am also so. This is gonna be we're gonna have a great time tonight. Hey Alex, you got some jokes, bro? Uh, you're going next and first. You ready? Put your fucking hands together, you six motherfuckers. Alex Woody. I was going to go drain the foreskin, but kind of have to hold it in. That's a good thing, though. You can hold stuff in there. You know what I mean? It's kind of like an extra pocket. It's great. Put a Skittle in there. Eat it later. It's got like a twangy taste to it. Oh, you Snapchatting any whores there, buddy? Cordell? Yeah. BBW? Redbone? Redbone? Oh my god, the coffee Latinas are amazing. I'm glad this really turned into a podcast. What the fuck? What are we, sisters? Come on, what the fuck is this? Corbin, 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 the podcast is over. It's over. I love your name, but it's over, okay? Unbelievable. You know what the worst thing is, is when someone calls you and they want to describe a funeral. Like, motherfucker, I've been to a funeral. Like, you're getting me to your, your level of sadness. I'm already sad, all right? The casket was open. I don't need to hear that. You know what I mean? I don't need to have post-traumatic stress. I'm already having issues. And this is the worst part about it. I'm high. Have you ever gotten high and someone just gives you bad news? The worst, <laughs> the worst is when you're high and that person, like a friend, calls you and they're like just hating on weed. Like, well, weed has like ruined my life. Like, I'm so glad I'm off of it. Look, I'm doing so much better. I'm sitting there like two edibles deep, a couple joints, you know, my kid's crying. I got the headphones on, listen to Ozzy. I don't give a fuck, bro. I'm bored in life. Is that depression? I'm bored. I hate Netflix. I scroll. I don't watch anything. It's not interesting. I don't want to learn. I want to veg out. All right? I'm done with it. Okay? I, I, I don't know how to read well, so I'm not reading, and that gives me headaches. You ever try reading high? It's impossible. The words are moving. You got to put them together. That might be my dyslexia. How do you say it? I can't even talk right now, okay? This is what happens when you're too bored, but you're not smart enough to realize there's stuff to kill your, cure your boredom. There is. Well, uh, welcome to Cockfest 2019. I like this. this is, oh, I'm not scaring them away. I'm just right there. Luke Newman. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. No, no. Oh. Oh my God. No, no, definitely not going to talk about dogs now. Definitely not. Right. No, totally. Uh, 
Um, this is great. This is a great. Handle this, please. Like I, I, I know like Hillary's up for re-election and shit, but come on, this ain't the voting poll, all right, guy. Uh, sorry, just come on. That wasn't courtesy talking about the dog and shit. That's like those people I was talking about that call you and bring you down. That brought my sit down. I was about to, li- I was about to light on fire. Come on, let's be honest. You know what I mean? And she came in. No, it was already ruined. But she came in, kind of. Come on, bitch. I don't want to learn about the dog. And let's not say bitch. <laughs> let's not say that. Call them Huns. Okay, that's why I gotta do. Huh? <sighs> Anyone can go better than Luke. <laughs> My grandma on Delauded could have had a better set, dude. <laughs> but you know what I like about him? He doesn't give a fuck. And that's... <laughs> like drinking a fifth before the set so first year, right? <laughs> oh, fuck it. So I wanted to tell a story. Um, Luke was there. I tried to get him to be part of the set. Luke, uh, perfect timing. I'm talking about the Emeryville mic. So what happened was I get in the zone when I get high, all right? And it's this new Emeryville mic, bar, Asian uh, fusion restaurant, bistro, a lot of people, at least 50, right? Uh, No, sir. No, this isn't the 20s. We're not on a riverboat playing fucking blackjack, all right? Maverick, that was a great Mel Gibson movie. So anyways, I'm fucking by the bathroom, two all-gender bathrooms, of course, right? Your own personal thing, right? I see a woman go in one with a guy. To me, that's hooking up. Then, what are we pointing at? What the f- <laughs> Oh, oh, he's locking this. I'm f- okay. There we go. Now it looks like I'm doing comedy, you know? So, the story. Can I get back to it, guy? Okay. So, Emeryville. I see this girl go in the bathroom with a guy, right? And this other guy is like, oh, yeah, I hooked that up. So, I'm assuming they're hooking up, right? I go back. I smoke a little bit with some black guys. I'm really high before my set. Too high. I feel like an idiot. What am I doing here? I'm like questioning everything, right? And I see that same chick at the bar right before my set with a different guy, and they look like they're a couple. He's got the purse and the sweatshirt, right? They look like, you know, maybe they have a house or apartment together and a little chihuahua, all right? That they take on walks Sundays, right? I see the woman... As I'm stalking, watching, right? Maybe I should be paying attention to my fucking set, but I'm watching these people instead because I haven't jerked off all day. So, right? She's looking at that guy I saw her in the bathroom with. He flashed me right when I said jerk off. Come on, guy. Can't a chubby guy talk about masturbation anymore? She, she's looking at the guy she went in the bathroom with, and then I see her leave. And this doofus boyfriend, he's sitting there, and he's kind of looking, 
And he's like, double taken. And I swear they're holding hands and they disappear by the bathroom, right? I got to bring this up. So I walk up and I'm like, I'm pulling some Jerry Springer shit. And I told the guy, your girl's getting fucked in the bathroom. And I just start. (laughs) There you go. Well, I didn't really get in trouble. Just it didn't really go the way I wanted. She came out, but I was gone. He was mad. Yeah, I embarrassed him. But you know what? He needed. Well, here's here's the thing. Apparently, they weren't cheating. Apparently, they were doing cocaine. That whole. What? Yeah, I thought, I, dude, I'm still convinced she was blowing the other guy or something. How many girls have you lured with cocaine? I've done a couple. You know what I mean? No, I've done it a couple times. San Diego, remember, back in 2009, girls loved cocaine. Am I right? I don't like But you know other girls, they'll do whatever on cocaine, right? They'll hang out naked. They'll play Twister. It's a long time. Uh, it's a long night. Okay, yeah, wrap it up. Okay. Um, thank you, guys. My name is Alex Woody. Or they. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, cocaine, does anybody have any? Okay. Take that burp as a no. Yeah, I believe so, yes, right, Capital? Weed in here? Yeah, but not no spliffs though, right? Gotta be pure ganja. <sighs> you don't know what a spliff is? Oh, you really you from the hood for sure. Oh, you don't smoke, period, nothing. Oh you so you're not from the hood. Okay. Um Alright, all right, so you know, this is Madison. This is, you know, it's just a laid back open mic. If you can't tell. If you couldn't tell. If you couldn't tell. Okay. <laughs> Who's up next? Uh, Jonah, you're up next. Okay. All right, everybody a fucking clapping shit for Jonah Pollock. All right, I see that, I see Mutiny Radio now has some sort of, <laughs> I meant that to happen. I meant that to happen. I'm s- I am such a fucking punk rocker, I'm like, I'm going to come on stage, I'm going to take this $600 electronic device uh, that I just finished paying off, and I'm going to destroy it uh, to show how cool I am. No, uh, see, Mutiny now has altars in the fucking room to burn incest to get rid of the bad vibes. If Mutiny wants there to be less bad vibes in here, there's going to have to be a lot more than one little fucking stand for some incest. You're going to have to have, like, fucking Jewish priests burning a lamb to God or something. Uh, to get things over the hump here. Am I right? Hell yeah. I know, I know I'm right. I've uh, been sniffling all week. Uh, you too, man. Are you on that trip? You got that trip going? Yeah, that trip going. Is it like here's the thing? Like I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of money, so I don't snort cocaine. Around a lot of comics who don't have money, they're still still somehow snorting cocaine. Uh, here's a. You brought a burrito? Oh shit! Can I? 
All right, now I'm a prop comic. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you all something. Bugs in there? Yeah, larva and shit. Larva and shit. All right, clearly uh, you did not study natural sciences in college. You did? Uh, wait, what, bra what branch of science did you study? Uh, biology. Biology? Uh, would you try and like use that like romantically like be like let me tell you about your musculature or anything like <laughs> Did you Try to look impressive so wait, what caused you to fail at it Were you just you weren't good at it. You didn't you didn't study hard uh, You got busted cheating what what caused it to not work out? So you successfully cheated kind of, on occasion kind of Okay, so not only are you bad at natural sciences, you're bad at networking. You, if you want to cheat, uh, you have to get in with the good cheaters and kiss their ass a little bit. That is how this works, including comedy. There are bad comics who just know how to kiss ass with comics who run shows. Uh, this is now a seminar on how to succeed in stand-up comedy, yeah. You have to suck the... I'm putting on a seminar on how to, I'm not exemplifying how to succeed in comedy. I'm backbiting people all the time and it is totally getting to them. Learn from your mistakes. Or just be on a death trip and eventually just do enough cocaine until you're broke and dying. That's also one way to go. Okay. All right. I walked the one woman in the room, so I am a true mutiny comic. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now we can talk about fucking Tinder chicks, am I right? So you guys, I had these like 20 Tinder chicks in my feed who I matched with, who I totally haven't messaged. I'm like, I'll get around to it when I think of the right thing to say, am I right? And you're back. I mean, where, where could she go? Like there is, I mean, there is also, there is a mental hospital right up the street and that is a safe space. I'm sorry. Normally, I'm a nice person. All right. All right, another stand-up comedy lesson. When you're on stage with a microphone, you are a sociopath. That is necessary. I don't care how nice a person you are. You fucking babysit your friend's children. You, like, work with, like, I don't know, fucking wipe the butts of people who, like, can't physically wipe their own butts. When you're up here, you are a monster. Uh... Yeah, I'm usually, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> what success? <laughs> uh, my success comes from dumping pollutants into rivers. That's, that's the ticket. Um, I did used to, I used to deal the Adderall that I got from a prescription. Yeah, yeah, no, I got, I got Adderall for like 20 years and uh, they told me it was like medicinal, which I don't know how speed can be medicinal. But uh, they explained to me that I, because of ADD, I was going to have a hard time staying employed. So it was medicinal in that they were giving it to me as a secondary uh, revenue stream. <laughs> They're like, you are going to need this to pay your rent indefinitely. Uh, yeah, I did. I stopped taking Adderall, though. And my friends were like, why the hell did you give up like a gram and a half a month of like clean medical grade methamphetamine? And I was like, I don't want to have to lie to my doctor about needing it. Like... <laughs> If you think about what happens after a while, you go into the doctor and they're like, so you're on 50 milligrams of speed a day, but you're 195 pounds. Uh, we're going to have to cut out your thyroid. Uh, 
Was it better fucking at Utah when I said I think you have thyroid cancer? Yeah, well, you almost said it. Oh, I said 190? I mean, I'm 180, but like I'm trying to. 180, that doesn't sound suspicious. But BMI doesn't take into account fitness level. Tom Brady is. T- Did you know that according to BMI, Tom Brady is obese? Yeah, BMI assumes that everyone is a lazy piece of shit with no muscles. BMI was just created so that even people in good shape have like body dysmorphia issues. <laughs> it's like, if, yeah. BMI was created by like a mean girl person who just wanted, yeah, ev- like, let's have everyone be bulimic and anorexic. Um, yeah, wow. You know what, I entertained the fantasy that I was going to turn around the energy in this room, and uh, I'm glad that I got smacked on my ass, because, you know, every time you think you're getting better in comedy, it's important to be reminded you are only one mutiny set away uh, from feeling like a complete and total failure. Uh, this is what makes mutiny fun. Yeah. Yeah, but at least people, people used to fail at mutiny while drinking and doing, like, nitrous oxide. Now you have to... S- Whatever happened to people passing around like w- like whippet canisters? That used to be a thing here. You used to see the weed. Are you just giving me a tin full of weed? Yeah. Holy shit! Oh my god! This is really happening right now. But like, I do have a respiratory infection. Can I? All right. Uh, yeah. You're you're too mentally stable to be Pam. Do you think Pam listens back to every episode that's recorded here to see if she gets referenced? As opposed to all the other great stuff she's doing. This burrito has heft. Uh, All right. (laughs) It smells completely neutral. Open it. Open it. No. Take a bite. Take a bite. Take a bite. It is. It is cold like a corpse. Uh, I would I eat it. Jonah Pollock, everybody, give it up for him. Somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna come back and we're like, where did my fucking burrito go? Hey, who turned off these fucking lights? <laughs> no, they don't.
Everybody shut the fuck up. Shut up, everybody. This isn't a goddamn, this isn't a goddamn, uh, you know, free-for-all. Okay? Who turned these fucking lights off? They keep going off against my will. You know what? Fuck them, then. You know, you know what? This is wild. I feel like I've lost control of the room. What are you, why are you giving somebody else's burrito up? Why'd you do that? They might. Okay. All right. I mean, that's cold. That's cold, but that's, but that's reality. I can dig it. Okay, you know what? I I respect your fucking, you know what I'm saying, your harsh nature of reality approach to that. Um, I respect that. Don't leave your fucking chop suey lying around because it will, somebody will fucking eat it. Uh, And I will make sure of that. Um, um, Anyway, uh, so yeah, you were talking about Adderall. Yeah, I did some Adderall. This guy's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, because they told my little brother he had ADHD, uh, and they might have to give him Adderall. I was like, yeah, he he got it. (laughs) Yeah, stock that in our cabinet. (laughs) And uh, so I did some Adderall. Cool. All right. See what's going on here. Jonah Pollock done. Alex Woody done. The next guy we got coming up looks like some kind of Asian name. I'm assuming that's you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> Tone Lamb. Come on. I already know that. Everybody give up for Tone Lamb right here. Yeah. It's actually Tuan, Tuan Lamb. I'm ethnic. Don't worry about that. Look at my eyes. What's your What was your name? T- tell me your name. Madison. Madison. What do you think of my hair? Be honest. I do look like a girl. I do look like a girl. No, a lot of guys, a lot of guys stare at me. A lot of guys stare at me. And then, but then they look away, right? No, but I caught them. I caught them for a second there. They wanted to fuck me. You know? No, it's all sorts of guys. I'd be driving around. I swear to God, people would be squinting and just, I don't know. I'm causing half the accidents. No, I can't. I'm Asian. It's very rare for Asian people to have a push-up bra. Why would I need a push-up bra? Well, there's a commercial for 
Oh God. They wear makeup. We don't wear makeup. That's a lie already. But girls, it's easy to make a girl laugh than it is a guy, though. What the fuck? Those are some real. <laughs> That's not normal. Yeah. He's the expert. He 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 has the most clout. I can tell. This guy right here, the most status. Clout. It's okay. Luke's white. He can say whatever he wants and get away with it, and no consequences. And everybody still loves him, right, Luke? That's right. I'm Viet. Like okay. I'm so I'm Vietnamese, and I, I tell people I was born in Vietnam. And I haven't been back. And I would be, I would meeting, I would be meeting like, uh, like white people, and be like, "Oh, you haven't been back? I've, I've been there. I guess I'm more Vietnamese than you." And that's not how this works. No, ancestry proves me right. You're just a tourist. Like you can't just go to Africa and all of a sudden join a tribe. Hey, I'm part of a tribe now. Also, I guess it's the N word. Unless you're white, if if you're white, if you're white, you can, because you, you know white people did start start saying that, and we're so cultural appropriation. No, that's not a good joke. I don't have an accent. Scares all the white folks, all the males, because it's because I have a chance of dating their daughter. No, I don't have a chance. I don't. I, they they raised them wrong. Okay. All right. I was a theater major. Huh? All right, that didn't work. Okay, I was a theater major, so naturally I'm a Lyft driver. That that's a good joke. You guys weren't listening, obviously. Uh, so Lyft. Uh, no, uh, let me explain. My Lyft passengers like don't don't think I have. Uh, they're surprised that I have free will. Like I like I can't like I can decline them. Right, but they'd be like, "Oh no, you can't, you can't, you can't do that." You got a gun in my head. Where was I going with this? Free will, a Lyft driver. No, you can't force. Okay, all right. Okay, if if I, we're gonna abandon that. If I miss the marker by like 50 feet, uh, don't don't come into my car and go, hey, you, you should have made a left back there. You missed it by uh, 50 feet. Or do you want me to tip you now? Is this? I'm sorry. Uh, you want some real time cash settlement for your pain and suffering, Brenda? 
Why don't you, why don't you just walk to your booty con next time? Because uh, I'm tired of being a third wheel. None? I got a man humming on my set. I never had this happen. It's cold-blooded. Can't catch a break. Every time uh, a hot girl like requests me, every time a hot girl requests a rise, he always cancels. You know, so I was, I was thinking, why don't, why don't they combine Lyft and Bumble? You know, <laughs> it's good. Get a free ride and a first date. Okay, we need relatable jokes. Let's do let's let's get one relatable joke in and then I'll get off the stage. Uh everybody's wearing some sort of jacket, uh leather, suede, and denim. Okay. That one's orange. Uh leather, suede, and denim jackets. What type of demographic do those people do in their spare time? Uh complain. They also eat. Let's let's start eat. You Hipsters, she's eating. She was eating. Uh-huh. Right, right. But no, they don't have daughters, though, apparently. So it's not relatable. Uh, so let's see what's relatable here. <laughs> he got a point. He got a point. <laughs> okay. You guys know more about that than me, so all right. I'm gonna. Luke, Luke. Give it up for him. Give it up for him. So, Tuan Lam, you you drive Lyft. Bell ladies that get in your car just start cracking up. Okay. Huh? Okay, go ahead. So that was basically just a joke about how you're Asian and probably people were scared. Wait a minute, you gotta, you gotta. You got it. You got. You're signed up. I did sign up. Yeah. So your time will come. What's wrong with? Uh, what's wrong with get a little awkward? What's wrong with that? Okay. Okay. This is what Mutiny Radio is all about. So who are you? So where are you from, Madison? Minnesota. Madison from Minnesota. And what is it you do? Yeah. Ah, this bitch. Gentrifier over here and shit. Hey, but if you need any sales guys. Yeah. Hell of a wag. All right, so you're afraid of a little awkwardness? No, but like if I had an opportunity to alleviate awkwardness. Well, you didn't do that. Maybe. I'd be more awkward. Is it more awkward now? Is it getting awkward? 
Okay. It can it can get awkward. You thought that was awkward. We can make it awkward in this motherfucker. Don't you think that that's as awkward as it gets here at Mutiny Radio? All right. Look, okay, let me tell you something before I bring this next guy up. But this is what we do here at Mutiny Radio. We fail and we bomb and we're awkward and and we suck, okay? So if you came here thinking that it was, everything was going to go smoothly and it'll be all nice and smooth and shit, you came to the wrong fucking place. All right, you came to the wrong place. Kelly Evans, everybody. Thank you, thank you. Donations, all right. Yes, yes, uh, Luke comes to mutiny and fails and he bombs and he just fucking wrecks it up. That's a good job, man. And no, I appreciate it. You made it on time uh, to host. <laughs> fucking just, like, perfect timing, really. I mean, I was actually being literal. I was impressed. I was impressed because I would have been late. All right. Uh, what the fuck to talk about? I'm from Texas. Yeah, thank you very much. I miss it sometimes, uh, but also I hate it because <laughs> uh, Texas is fucking, it's like an ex-girlfriend that like was a horrible relationship, uh, but then it's been a few years and you're like, oh man, <sighs> she was so hot though, you know? And then you realize, no, 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 no. She uh, like branded me, literally. I got branded. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, I've got some scars. Um, yeah, yeah. No, 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 we're moving on. We're moving on. I told too much. <clears throat> I can because I have the microphone. I can say whatever the fuck I want. That's what that means. Yeah, that's what I, I don't know if you've, you'll find out. You'll be up here soon. All right, and then we'll all not laugh at you. Um, like you're not laughing at me. That was, that was the point. Don't, don't, make, don't make a sad face. Look at Jonah's. Wow, Jonah was like really imp- empathic for a moment there is like oh god like okay well i thought you were a sociopath you just told us you were a sociopath oh, okay fair enough but when you get off you're a lovable person just anyway okay well, let's talk about what i want to talk about jesus christ anyway i'm from texas and uh periodically i i you know fuck that joke what i want to talk about is the fact that we have a lot of stereotypes you know everybody thinks we have guns which is not the case. I mean, I, I do have a gun, but I mean, most people don't have guns. Anyway, also, like, everything's bigger in Texas. Uh, that's a lie. And we all ride a horse. I mean, come on, man. Like, we're all secretly racist. That's fucking bullshit, too. That's all, they're all lies because we're very openly racist. It is very obviously <laughs> racist. All right? Like, seriously. You don't get a Confederate tag, uh, a Confederate flag tattooed on your ass and also attend a Black Lives Matter rally. Like, that's not a thing. You don't see it. Anyway, all right, well, I'm still working on that one. But that's why we're here, just to try new shit uh, that is undeveloped uh, when we're intoxicated. Okay, cool. Uh, what's up? What's up? Okay, uh, let's do this shit. Okay. just said okay like 12 times. I apologize. It's a real dick move. Okay. Just for you, Luke, because you're so... I don't know. I don't got anything. You're handsome. I was saying that's a lie. I don't want to lie to you, you know, because the carrot. No, okay. All right. I'm just gonna move on to this shit. Yeah, yeah, that. 
I'm like bisexual on like a 10 year average, you know, it's like, it's not like I'm, I'm not gay. It's just, uh, I'm like bad at peer pressure. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> really it anyway. Uh, <laughs> speaking of like my roommate and I were talking the other day and she was telling me that like cheesecake is her cocaine, which is fucking <laughs> really cheesecake is your cocaine. Have you ever like called three different people at midnight, eight times in a row for fucking cheesecake? Like, no, you have not. Have you ever let your gay roommate blow you just because he had cheesecake and you were drunk a little bit? You know, fuck it. You know, he's got more cheesecake. Let's see where this goes. No? See, that's where that happens. Uh, there you go. You know? Okay. Spiral into a... That is. That is. I've gone to two... Do you know what? You go to... You know how much stupid... Yeah, of course it did. <laughs> yes. Everything is more entertaining with cheesecake. Fuck yeah, man. People are funnier. The conversation is better. You want to talk about your life for some reason and your theories about why the moon landing didn't actually happen or whatever the fuck you believe in. Uh, and if anyone has cheesecake, you know, let's, uh, let's eat some, you know? Let's, uh, it's a small bathroom, but we'll make it work. Oh, I can't wait for Pooja. That's great. <laughs> if she has actual cheesecake, I'm going to be fucking pissed off. I'm going to be really, because you totally misunderstand that joke. Okay. Anyway. Uh, but kind of talking about going to a party you don't want to be at. I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, nothing makes you feel more pathetic than like trying to have sex. Like just trying to get fucking like you do the stupidest shit. You wear like a band t-shirt of some fucking band. You don't know or care about, you don't give a fuck. You follow around some fucking chick around a bar, like a lost puppy dog because she might have sex with you. And then she does it. You fucking, what's the worst thing? Oh, I joined a fraternity in my senior year. It might fucking say, it wasn't for the brotherhood. I'll tell you that. It was not for the brotherhood. Anyway, that's something I was just thinking about. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fucking what hor other horrible jokes do we have that are undeveloped? Oh, uh, I was thinking about aliens recently, you know? Like if aliens come to the planet, like what would they be like? What would the experience be like? And of course, you know, being from Texas, I have a unique perspective because I have my own ideas about what would happen. What? Oh, yeah, thank you. It's not just an open mic, it's a poetry slam. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, like, no matter what happens, like, I have an idea if, like, they landed in Texas, you know, what would, like, they could be beautiful and, like, extending out, like, messages of peace and love and prosperity and, like, knowledge and just have these tentacles filled with light and ecstasy and just touching people and you, like, are filled with the most orgasmic experience. You're just, like, coming over and over and over again. And they, like, descend upon Dallas, Texas, and then they fucking blast them in the face because, yeah, I would rather you be dead uh, than I find out what you are. Seriously. Seriously, that's it. It's like uh, shoot first and don't ask questions. Why? Fuck that. Uh, knowledge is not power. Uh, guns are. That's why we have guns in Texas. All right. <laughs> that is a yawn and not a laugh. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> All right. What other stupid shit do I have? Has anybody done Salvia before? I'll finish on this. Salvia? Yeah, we got one person. Have the rest of you not done Salvia? No. Oh, God. You should go out and get some salvia right now. 
uh, because it's amazing. You should. It's a great experience. That's that's a lie. It's a complete lie. But you should still do it. It's a horrible experience. It's the worst thing. It's also a specifically bad experience uh, when you do it uh, with the neighbor that you just met who could possibly be violent and uh, is threatening everyone at the party because that's when I experienced it. And it's not really a good time to do that because it feels like you're in a fucking washing machine and you have no control over your body and you're spiraling around the room and all of a sudden people are in a fist fight. This actually happened. And uh, then you have to go to the hospital, you know, because uh, Danny's bleeding for some reason. Anyway, uh, all right, that's my time. Woo! I lost the lost the balance of chin. Thank you. That's good. That's great. This is good. That's great. I mean, we want to place bets on whether the uh, the lady's coming back. Did she leave her food? She left her food. We're eating it. All right. Hey, man. Uh, so, yeah, man, I think you got a chance there, buddy. This is... Hey, You're gonna you're you're gonna leave you're gonna leave before I bring the black dude up. You fucking racist piece of shit. Well, I I think it is a bad thing. We got the 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 the, the token black guy in here coming up. He's gonna leave. Can you believe that, Corday? Can you believe that shit? Did you did you scandalous? Let me tell you guys something. I'm going to remember this night for the rest of my life. This is, is going to be the night I tried to kill myself. Oh, there we go. There it is. Boom. Went, went from real positive to real negative, just like that. Uh, no, but I'm not going to kill myself. And if I, if ever it comes out that, that I did... Um, let me tell. I'm gonna tell you right now. This was fucking. It was the Illuminati. <laughs> Just. It was. That's what I'm saying. I was, huh? I don't know. I don't know yet. But I'm telling you. If I ever get fuck you. <laughs> All right. Corday Snell, everybody. Give it up. How y'all doing? Y'all good? Are y'all good? You could fucking answer me, all right? God damn it. Shit. Answer, answer a black man when he's talking. Yes. I know, exactly. That's the fucking point. It's the motherfucking point, right? Also, I got a comment earlier when he was talking about Asians can say the N-word. No, the fuck you can't. Huh? Oh, okay. All right. Okay, I had I had a white bitch tell me she was more African than me because she was born in South America. No, 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 the fuck you aren't. Okay, all right, you don't deal with this black struggle. Okay, also, but she had big tits and I was trying to fuck, so I kind of let her think she that she could see that, but she actually couldn't. I told her after we graduated, I didn't fuck. You're not more blacker than me, and fuck you. So, um, but uh, so I'm vegan. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, right? I don't. This doesn't. 
Nah, man, I've been vegan for a year, man. But I've lost like 40 pounds, so I don't. Oh, yeah. So thank you. I don't. You know, I've gained back 30, but I lost 40 at one point. I lost 40 <laughs> at one point. Um, the funny thing about going vegan is that white chicks are so supportive. They're like, Oh my God, you're vegan. Oh, do, do you know any place to shop? Like, I can I can drop a list of activities and things you can do to help come back to you being vegan. Like, I, I got you, I got you. You tell a dude he vegan, like a motherfucker was like, he was like, since when? Last week, motherfucker? Like, shit, people get on your, like, first off, I'm black, and it's hard going to a black barbecue and telling people, I'm vegan, cause they start giving you shit immediately. They was like, so you you ain't eating no ribs at this fucking barbecue? That's how you feel, Corday. That's how you feel. But if you was to think about it, right? If I'm vegan, that means there's more meat for the rest of y'all, right? No, but my family got a problem. It's like, so you gonna bring your plant-based burgers on, put it on this fucking grill? I don't fucking think so, Corday. That's not what's gonna happen. And the funny thing about it was, after I brought my plant-based sausages and burgers and stuff like that, after they got through eating most of their shit, they walked over and was like, hey, yo, can I try some of that shit? I was like, no, motherfucker. He's like, I'll switch you. I'll give you a rip for your old, right? You can't have none of this, but kind of sample your, some of your shit anyway. Um, also, dudes are stupid. You want to know why we're stupid? It's because, like, yo, have any dudes in here been single, right? And you're like, damn, I wish I had a chick or some shit like that, right? And then you start talking to a female, and y'all like hitting it off, and then she want to get serious. And then you start thinking like, shit, I get serious with her, but what about all the pussy I'm going to give up if I if I start dating her, right? Think, But not really thinking about it, you wasn't getting pussy beforehand. So you're like, damn, then your homie start convincing you. He was like, dude, don't get with her. Bro, it's so much pussy out here, bro. What about that one girl that was smiling at you at the diner? You can still go talk to her. You can't fuck her in your relationship and shit like that, right? And then so you don't get with the girl, right? You try to hang out with your homies because you're trying to keep it down, right? But then your homies get in a fucking relationship. It's like, bro, how you going to get in a relationship when you told me not to get in a relationship? It was like, well, dude, because I can fuck her. I can't fuck you. And I was like, well, you could fuck me, but we don't get down like that. So, you know, it's kind of a, you know, yeah. Um, it's a little bit of rant. But also, any guys ever notice that the moment you get in a relationship is when chicks start, like, trying to date you? Like, it's like they can smell the commitment on you. Like, is that commitment I smell over there? Like, is that... <laughs> Is that good morning text? Is that ever loving love right there? I smell like I don't fucking get it. You know, like I so I honestly just tell people that I'm married and then I start fucking chicks. They're like, and I start feeling guilty. I'm like, I'm cheating on my wife, not again. She's like, don't worry. You know, eventually, you know, I is it, it, it maybe for the better, you know, because it seems like you're not happy. I know she just treats me so bad. It was like, well, maybe we can continue this relationship. I'll say, yes, the fuck we can't continue this relationship, because bitch, I'm not married, but I tricked you and shit like that, right? Um, <laughs> it was, uh, she fell for it and we kind of, we kept on fucking a few more times, but she was kind of pissed. I lied, but you know, it's whatever I got. I got laid. That's the end of the end of the day. Um, how many dudes like chicks who wear a lot of makeup? You guys, anybody, right? Don't like it. Right? Like, cause you think like, what's the, what's the fear? What's the biggest fear? Yeah. Waking up, to, waking up to her like in the morning. Right. But think about this, right? Waking up to the, in the morning, right? And she might be uglier than what she was when she went at night. But what's the thing that you failed to miss about that whole sentence right there? If you wake it up to her in the morning, right? That means you fucked. Mission accomplished, because you fucked her, right? So mission accomplished. Instead of thinking like, oh, dude, what's she going to look like in the morning? I don't want to date a chick with makeup. What is she going to look like in the morning? If you fucked, mission accomplished. And now she looks kind of scary in the morning. You now know that you can't spend the night at her house. You could just fuck. And you got to go. You got to make up some story. I got to work early in the morning or some shit like that. 
but you still fucked anyway. So um, that's good. Also, so uh, I like to date white girls. Um, or at least according to my family, I do because I dated one in the fifth grade. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because my homies say that I date uh, white girls, but I date offensive linemen, kind of big white girls, which ain't true. But, you know, that's what they tell me all the time. It was just one girl, but they hold on to it. So according to my friends and my family, I date chicks who look like they play for Alabama's offensive line. You know, so uh, they big and shit like that. But uh, hell yeah, I made a bitch who, who like play for Alabama's offensive line, right? Because uh, according to Alabama, so that bitch gonna get drafted. You know, she gonna become a millionaire. You know, I'm gonna stick this shit out. You know, I was it was a little hard initially, like back in January, because when they lost to Clemson, I couldn't be standing on the sidelines with no fucking loser. I start going over to like Clemson's offensive line, try to hang out with those white bitches. You know, but um, we're gonna stick through it. She just entered the draft, so she got an agent and shit. I'm gonna see this shit through. And if she get an injury, I'm gonna divorce her and then I'll take all the money she got like most white chicks do um <laughs> I got, I'm glad you guys like that um so yeah uh anybody a fan of TLC right right fucking remember that song no scrubs right growing up that was the shit no more no scrubs cuz scrubs is the guy who can't get no love from me I fucking hate that song. I fucking hate that song so much because growing up, chicks would be like, like, Corday, I don't want to talk to you because I don't want no scrubs hanging out the side of your best friend's ride trying to holler at me. I'm like, bitch, I'm 10. What the fuck are you talking about, scrubs? My best friend's ride? You talking about my mom's van? What the fuck are you talking about? Also, I don't know why you bring this shit up. We at the fucking, we at the fucking um, swings. What this shit got to do with the fucking, like, best friend's ride? I don't know. That's fucking, I hate that song. Um, there's a lot of scar tissue to me. Um, yeah, scar tissue. What the fuck is it? Man, for sure, man. We for sure, for sure. Fuck them. And if I, if I also fun thing about that song is right. Them chicks was talking about I don't want nobody who I don't want a broke to hang on the side of their best friends ride. Them bitches sold platinum albums. It was still broke. They make fifty thousand dollars off a fucking platinum ass CD. So you calling me broke, bitch? You broke. All right. Fucking three of y'all got to buy that shit up and all that shit. It's talking about all this bullshit. Ah, oh, just giving a history lesson real quick. Um, I'm gonna give you guys something to go off of or close this shit out with. Um. You know, you know what upsets me? Why do chicks ask so many goddamn questions when you're watching a movie? Like, why are you asking, like, chicks be always be like, um, do you know, like, what's going to happen? Uh, like, like, what's going to happen? Oh, my God, is he going to die and shit like that? Why do they always ask that, right? Like, you got to explain to chicks. Like, I explain it to my sister or chicks I'm dating. I'm like, yo, okay, first off, I didn't write this movie. I didn't produce it. I didn't help direct it. I didn't see this before I came out with you to see this fucking movie. So I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, okay? Also, I think the worst thing they ever did is like when you buy a DVD at home and then you watch some shit with someone because now they get the opportunity to leave or then if they get confused, they can rewind the shit back. Like I remember I watched like Phone phone Booth, right? right bad. Uh, I watched Phone Booth. That shit is an hour and 10 minutes. We spent three hours because my sister was confused and she didn't get exactly what was going on in that shit. You know, it's just fucking, I don't know. They say dudes are dumb, but bitch can't, bitches can't get movies. I don't know. Fuck. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's it for me. I Big Corday, thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. Can you say something? Hey, my man, you got a cigarette? All right, beautiful. No, sir. Where, who the, where the fuck you come from? Okay. Um, that's against the rules. Welcome, folks. How you guys doing? Doing good.
doing good. I seen you signed up. Is that right? Yeah, you signed up. You signed polite. Just an open mic. You signed your name on a list. That means you're coming on stage. This isn't this isn't a fucking AA meeting. You know, signing up. Okay. All right. Well, fucking welcome. Anyway, you don't have to go if you don't want to. But that is what the that that list means. Just so you know. So I may call you up when it gets to your name, but you don't gotta come up. But um, you know, and you, you you enjoy the enjoy the show. Okay. <laughs> we got we got fucking Beavis and Butthead over here. Oh, God bless you guys for coming through. God bless you. You didn't want. It sounds like you didn't want to be here. All right. You you fucking you want to tell some jokes, don't you? Your friend is not supportive at all, other than that he's here. And God bless him for that. And God bless the both of you for that. And uh, what's your name, man? What's your last name? I'm Dan Eukaitis, but why? Because I didn't know how to pronounce it. So Corbin. Damn Eukaitis. Damn That sounds like fucking Russian. Dude trying to get out of check. Damn, you kind I don't know. All right. Everybody give it up for Corbin. Wait, can we just, can we take like a break or tell the other comedians to come in? Because I just feel like, you know, we all want to, all these, we're going to <laughs> You talk to him. You tell him. Hey, guys, listen. There's a fucking black hole of laughs in here. And we, we fucking need you, dude. Hey man, you might you might just have to go. I don't know how long you've been doing comedy, but you might just have to go tell jokes in kind of front of these four people. We've all been there, Corbin. We've all been there. You don't. If you're funny, if you no, know, go ahead and log it because I'm about to go out there in a second. But uh, but you know, I don't know. Are you new to this shit? Okay, well, then you should know that part of the game is you got to fucking make, like, two or three people laugh sometimes. Yeah, they, they didn't, they're not, they're not going to laugh at you anyway. Damn, he locked his second lock. All right, well, that was, that was. Okay, well, you know, don't take that. Yeah, that's. That's your own personal shit. Everybody give it up for uh, Corbin. Damn, you cut us. Thank you, everybody. All right, guys. Uh, why do we even have a microphone? You know, it's such a small, nice room. I don't want to shit on it, though. You know, it's actually better than this little... I lived in a little shack uh, in a backyard in Burbank once upon a time. And uh, we had, like, a makeshift stage and some trees... And I would like play some riffs on the guitar and jump off this big piece of plywood. And we felt like we were all superstars. And we had a little like psycho thing just like this. And I would do that, but like tune, I'd make tunes. And the, the neighbors hated us, you know, they absolutely hated us. Um, 
Yeah, it's really good to not be in uh, the shithole of Los Angeles anymore. Um, I also had some shit I wrote down on my phone. So let's figure out, you know, if we can lock this again, I can talk as long as I want to. So <laughs> welcome to the Corbin Dammy Kaida Show, everybody. So happy to have you on here today. All right, uh, so first and foremost, what's going on? I'm also from Texas, um, and I also have had somewhat gay experiences that I did not necessarily want. So I could really relate to that guy. Uh, really happy the girls left, because I have a raging herpes outbreak right now, and I really wanted to be able to talk about it. Um, let's talk about, I also forced a kid to eat a mold cookie when I was a little kid. Um, you, this isn't gonna make sense to you guys. Um, but uh, this guy almost ate a burrito that was like probably a month or two old. Um, say what? No, no, this guy over here. This guy who, who left for his cigarette, but it's okay. <laughs> has two cigarettes or three cigarettes, however many cigarettes before uh, we decided. See if I can get through this list of shit. Um, okay. Um, so I feel like I'm in like the the scene from Pulp Fiction, you know, where like they, they get caught in the basement and there's like, you find out they're like BDSM. I just feel like something really bad is gonna happen to me right now. Um, let's talk about, um, I feel like they were trying to act like they had a lot of clout with like some of their, um, like he was saying, oh, I'm dating this bitch and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know if things are necessarily going that well for him. Um, you know, I had some some up and down times with dating myself, you know. I was like single for a year and that was when I was doing the most comedy. I had no sex for a whole year and I was doing comedy like every night. And my whole set was about like not getting laid and like being single and feeling like unfuckable and undateable. Um, and it was really rough on me, man. Um, and then, yeah, I've been in a relationship, and just like the black guy said, uh, I'm so happy he's outside. I just wanted to break up all the time, you know? I'm just like, I feel chained, I hate it. Um, let's see. Um, da, 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 da. So I've been doing, um, I used to do the same scripted presentation. I have nothing pr nothing uh, ready right now, no, no jokes, no turns, no classic comedy turns for you folks. There's nothing lined up. Um, I have a list of things to go off of. Let's see, we, I've been, I used to do, I used to do a folk cam web show when I lived in Los Angeles. I got paid a whopping $15 an hour to play folk music and I would play for eight hours a day. I lived in the ghetto and uh, they hated it so much. They threw rocks through my window. There was ambulances, uh, it was very scary and now, I get paid big money for a webcam show, I mean relatively big money, um, because I'm a salesman. And I moved to San Francisco. Uh, I'm also gonna make this uh, seminar, okay? I moved to San Francisco with $50 in my pocket and barely enough for one week of hotel, caffeine pills, and uh, like 20 PB&Js. This is a true story, I really had $50. And I remember being in Dolores Park and thinking, oh my God, I'm so completely, absolutely fucked. And there's no way out of this really. And just looking at the sky and like thinking about homelessness and this girl that I had talked into having sex with me. 
And, you know, I, I was actually starting to get laid again because I had to work so hard. I was doing petitions for like $3 a signature. And I'd get like 100 or 200 of them a day because I needed it, you know? And so I'd just aggressively fight for uh, the le to keep flavored tobacco legal. And it didn't win. But I got a lot of money in the process, enough to launch a career in sales again after having not done petitions for a couple years, enough to, to have some, some money. Things are going better now, uh, but I'm a workaholic. I'm doing like 70 or 80 hours a week. I'm losing my fucking mind. Um, I feel like I'm 26. I'm gaining weight. I feel like I'm living like in a 35 or a 40-year-old person's body. This girl is saying she wants to fucking marry me sometimes, you know? And it's like I've gone from like, oh, I can't get laid and I'm poor to like, I fucking am in this relationship and I'm making money, but like, it's not any better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it fucking sucks. Um, but not like necessarily. It is really nice to know that like I could just not work for like a year or two years and be okay. Like I do have a little bit of a nest egg saved up. But for San Francisco, it's like it's all relative, you know, like you have so long to go before you really have money here. Um, so long to go. But yeah, I do a web webinar every day. It's the same exact same exact script. I'm doing a screen share. I'm selling some software, slinging some deals slinging some real estate technology all over the place. And um, yeah, that's where I put my entertainment energy these days. Um, so let's see, I have three bullet points left. Fucked a girl at Dolores Park. I'm stuck in a codependent relationship. Um, oh, and anytime someone tells you on the phone, like if, if someone is trying to sell you something on the phone, and they say that they need approval from their boss, uh, they're almost never talking to their boss. Um, I just want to say that, right? So they're almost always stalling for time, trying to find ways to fuck you in the ass a little bit. Um, I've done it. I've done it more than I care to admit. Um, I have some, I have a kind of an aggressive sales personality. I've, I've sold a lot of bullshit. Um, and, uh, yeah, anytime someone tells you that uh, prices are based off an algorithm, who can relate to this? What is what what does my life come to? You know, what am I doing with my life these days? Is anyone else a workaholic that just can't stop working? Does anyone else go through that? Are you guys going through that right now? Yeah, what do you do for work? You're a web developer. Okay, how much more time do I have? Hey, it's so great to have everybody back now that I'm finishing up. All right. So, you know, I uh, recently my friend was telling me, hey, Corbin, you know, you should really be a Mormon. And he was telling me all about it. I thought, you know, I would love to be a Mormon. You want to know why? Uh, I, it just dawned on me that I don't know if you know this. When you're a Mormon, when you die, you get your very own planet. And I thought, you know, sign me up. I've been looking for great reasons to kill myself. My guy, Corbin. Damn, Eukaitis. Damn, Eukaitis. All right. Well, you know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you some. Let me tell you some. First of all, put that away. Okay. I don't know who you fucking think you is. Just out here, just you know what I'm saying. You see the fucking sign? No alcohol in or out. My right capital. 
He know I got some drink in my pocket. Anyway, uh, but I don't though. All right, all right. Fuck. See, this is a t- this is a hard room. They're not laughing at me. They they're not laughing at you. I thought I could overcome it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a di- it's difficult, and that's just part of being a comedian, man. So, and sometimes, you know, motherfuckers got to take a cigarette break, and so you got to talk to like two people, and it's just more, it's just a challenge, you know. Okay, you know, and you know, let's give a round of applause to, for this guy for you know, trying to give up the cigarettes. Round of applause. Round of applause. Okay, well, you, you give me one clap. All right, fuck you then. You fucking beat his ass later if you want, Corbin. Damn, you got this. Um, all right, so our next comedian, she's here. She's in the flesh. She's about to be funny. Right? Aren't you? What's your last name? It says, it says D on the list, or do, would you prefer not to give it? Okay, all right. Okay. Um, everybody give it up for Madison D. Thank you. I'm like mildly worried about Pooja. Pooja, are you okay? All right, just checking. This is me being a good friend, you guys. This is what healthy friendship looks like, you know? Um, I also didn't realize I was about to go up. Do you guys want to hear about Stockholm Syndrome? I don't know how well you're going to relate to this. Uh, I feel like I have fashion Stockholm syndrome, you know, like I'll see something. I'll be like, oh, that's that's really ugly. And then I'll see it like three more times. And I'll be like, I guess that's what people are wearing these days. And then like six more times. And I'm like, well, I guess now I own this like bomber jacket with the furriness on the inside. <laughs> Cause this is I don't know, they just, they get you used to it. And then you see it five years later and you're like, I was mistaken, so mistaken. Women laugh at that more, but I promise I don't have any female audience members right now. Um, But honestly, I think that Stockholm Syndrome is like the best thing that could ever happen to you. Like if it comes down to it and you're kidnapped and you have the choice between being Belle like, okay, so you know Belle from Beauty and the Beast, right? Okay, so she has the choice between being kidnapped with a monster and living in a castle with a prince. Which one would you choose? It's obvious. Choose the one that's fun. That's your brain protecting you. Like, lean into Stockholm Syndrome, okay? That's all I'm saying. Guys, I'm still worried about Pooja. Okay. Just making some promising sounds. <laughs> oh. So, I have this necklace. It's in the shape of a compass as a reminder to myself that I get lost a lot. Like, when in doubt, I'm in lost. Success. Excellent. I'm so happy for you. Um. I have a personal rule for myself because of how often I get lost. It's, uh, if the map's wrong, you're lost. That's what it means. 
if the map if you start thinking oh they must have screwed up this map design you're lost you don't know where the fuck you are this is based on a trip i took to the canadian border i was like leading a camping and canoeing trip the last thing my boss said to me before i left was it's a felony to camp in canada I was in charge of seven 13-year-old girls. So I told them, if you see the Mounties, you stay there and we're going to run. Because you're under 18 and if you get a felony, it'll clear. <laughs> it won't for me. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that, my child abuse story. Um, yeah, so, okay, I think, I feel like I've made it clear. I have a poor sense of direction. So for me, San Francisco is just like a large space composed of like different bars I've done open mics at. Or like, you know, like random places I recognize. And occasionally those like merge together and I'm going to an open mic and I'm like, oh, someone that I slept with lived around here. It's like, this is familiar. And I slowly connect these areas and that's how I understand a neighborhood. But sometimes, are you, what are you doing, Pooja? Is that a picture or video? Because I prefer not a video. <laughs> Pooja, you're free like a bird. Yeah, you never see one without the other. Yeah? Oh, somebody's peeing right now. Who's that? Who remembers who went to the bathroom recently? We could put their sounds on the radio. All right, well, that's reasonable because phones die. I forgot where I was going with my last one, but like now I'm going to go into my masturbation joke. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> I do remember where I was going. Um, Semi-recently, I came across this case where I was like, wow, this apartment looks familiar. And then I was like, oh, I remember that Vietnamese couple upstairs. Then I was like, oh, I've fucked someone in this bedroom before. <laughs> and like, how do you explain to someone that's why like, you can't come? You know, like, what do you say? What do you say in that situation? No, that's not a solid punchline. Okay, I'm gonna go into my, oh, I think they're gonna fuck and I'm kind of pumped for Pooja. <laughs> I'm such a good friend, I hope she can't hear me. Can you hear me? You're so beautiful, that is exactly what I said. <laughs> All right, okay, this is my final joke because it seems like a good time to be done with this activity. Positivity? No one has ever asked me to be on their positivity team before because they've like heard me talk about my own life. Discourages that. Um, how do you guys feel about masturbation? You're pro masturbation? Yeah? When do you ask your friends for masturbation tips? 
Okay. You're missing out. I prefer to ask my friends about masturbation at brunch. Like, I want to know, that's when I ask them. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like, you've had a couple of mimosas, but nobody's going, like, trolling for dick in, like, the immediate future. And, like, really, what are Sunday afternoons for if not masturbating? So brunch is the perfect time to ask for tips. The afternoon is the perfect time to masturbate. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Yeah, obviously you are missing out on opportunities to learn. Because, like, okay, so you claim that you know everything there is to know about masturbating. Like, you can do it to completion, and that's what counts. See, I feel like maybe I could do it better, you know? Like, by definition, it's something you do alone. So how do you know if you're doing it wrong? Like, how do you know if you could be getting yourself off? in a more enjoyable way. Like, I have imposter syndrome around masturbation, okay? This is what I'm trying to tell you. And so to, like, counter it, I just ask my friends, you know, about, like, for tips and tricks. And the best trick I've ever learned, if you're curious at all, I mean, you obviously told us you have it down to a science. Congratulations. Are you curious? Do you want to know how to do it better? Pooja, do you want to know how to do it better? No, she does not. She is busy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't need to masturbate. Anyways, the best tip I've ever gotten is it's all about, like, what you focus on, you know? Like, you can focus on, like, someone from a movie or, like, someone you interact with in, like, real life. But I prefer to focus on, like, me having my life together. <laughs> Like, that is just so hot. So now I really get off to the idea of myself having curtains, which I feel like my neighbors would also enjoy. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. All right, that was fucking beautiful, wasn't it? God damn it. All right, so now there's a, there's a couple options here going on. Pooja. Pooja. Yeah. What do you got? You got some funnies? You got some giggles and, and don't some... Have you don't need a routine. You don't need one. I mean, that's... You could just come up here and get that off your chest. You got five minutes to talk about to talk about it. You fucking listen. You fucking come up here. You got five minutes to talk about whatever you want to talk about. And it'll be funny or it'll not be funny, but it'll be feel good to get it off your chest. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Tell us about whatever. That's okay. We're all with you. Okay? You know what I'm saying? We'll cry, we'll cry together. We'll, we'll never be that. This is not a judgmental place. This is a place full of love. If you come here, talk about what Pooja, everybody. She's going to talk about whatever she wants. Hi, guys. Every, uh, so, 
Today's in the night. I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. So I'm standing here in the lights, and I'm like here trying to tell you guys about funny stuff. But tonight's not going to be about funny stuff. Tonight's going to be about like me and my sorrow. Because my dog was put down tonight. And like I feel like everyone's like kind of nodding their heads in a way that's kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like ghosts get on with the funny. But it's been a really long, really hard night. Mm-hmm. Has any one of you guys ever dealt with an animal passing? No. No? Yes. I hear, I see, like, that long, deep nod. And you, like, what happened with you? Well, <laughs> what happened with your cat? What, what happened? But, like, something must have led up to it. You're just old? What about uh, you? you? What, what happened to your dog? <laughs> Sorry, everyone's going to end up crying. That's what it did. Yeah? This is, not a, this is not a comedy show you signed up for. This is a show about where we talk about how animals are not good, good enough for us.
July 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied today. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Angelo How Lamenti. About 40 years. Have you been in prison, too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, in prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee-bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? In prison, time is always long. Ho Chi Minh, prison diary. Arrested at Tukvin Street, Abundance and Glory Street. At Abundance and Glory Street, shame was thrust on me so as to delay my journey. I am an honest man with a clear conscience, but I was accused without ground of being a spy. Entering Sing Si District Prison. Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains, I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains, I encountered men and was thrown into prison. I was a representative of Vietnam, on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road, a sudden storm broke loose and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. And now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning the sun, emerging over the Dots its rays against the gate, but the gate remains locked. Inside the prison, the ward is shrouded in darkness. But we know outside the rising sun is shown. Once awake, everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. cell. How lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. 
waking, I'm brought abruptly back into prison. Afternoon. Two o'clock. The cell door opens to let fresh air in. Everyone raises his head for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind are languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt.
time now 